I, I think the reason why, just to add a bit more to this, the reason why it definitely is a bit of a strange phenomenon in that situation is because one, like you said, they're not really good friends. Yeah. Um, two, why does this guy know that you know X amount of girls from her friendship are coming? Yeah. yeah, and then three, like, how do, does she, this guy even know the names of these people? It's so kind of like intimate. Surprise, everyone! Just wanted to make a quick announcement before the beginning of today's episode. I unfortunately messed up on the microphone settings for the recording and as a consequence of that my voice sounds kind of messed up the entire episode so you'll have to excuse that but otherwise hope you enjoy the episode all right and then he said double trouble can you believe that Stories Adventures podcast. Uh, decided to unabbreviate this time so people actually know what we stand for. I feel like we use PSA way too often, and I don't want to get <laughs> can be mistaken for yes, maybe too many things. Yes, um, you know, prostate surveillance antigen agent. <laughs> Public service announcement. That's not what we stand for. And we I also are. realized. I also realized the other day. I actually typed in PSA in Spotify, and I, yeah. I actually like. Another hundred podcasts called PSA. So, guys, make sure you type in PSA with Sean and Jono, right? Um, that is us. But anyway, man, h- how have you been? Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a dry week. We started course again, you and me. Um, and I think we're starting to get back into the swing of things a little bit. Uh, definitely quite boring. Uh, I wouldn't say we did much. I was kind of sleeping through a lot of the lectures because they were just too long, to be honest. Yeah. Like, they tried to make it interactive, though, which I appreciated with uh, those breakout rooms, but it didn't really happen. Like, when I was in my breakout room, everyone just stared at the screen, didn't say much. I think the content is good, but I think our hospital group just isn't for that type of stuff. Oh, how is the new crew? Yeah, it's not bad. Um, for people who don't know, we were rural last year, so we moved back Metro this year. So, essentially, that means we've switched hospitals. Um, won't disclose what hospitals we're at, but, um, yeah, it's been a different experience meeting, I guess, the students of the new places we're at. They're a a funny bunch, I think. Hmm. Different quirks to, I think, the people we were with last year, as always. One thing I will just quickly mention is I feel like because we went, we came from a very, quite a small cohort comparatively to Shepparton the like, intimacy is kind of lost moving into a metro hospital. Do you guys have a group chat? We do. It's very inactive. Uh, yeah. But even uh, I just noticed some of the dynamic between um, students that were already together last year in the metro hospital. And you would have thought with one year of kind of being together, yeah. you, know, you would build up some sort of like relationship. But it just felt, when I was at least in the breakout rooms yeah. with maybe three or four people from the Metro Hospital. I think they just don't know each other, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, but the car is not even that much larger than us. I think they have maybe 60, 50, compared to it's 24. Like, yeah, double, double. Yeah. But the, the intimacy is definitely lost. No banter at all. Everyone is quite disengaged in the breakout rooms. Not a lot of 
small talk or chit chat. I think what I will say about the Shepherd and people though was they were all very good at like holding a conversation, most of them. Yeah. Or at least enthusiastic. Yeah. I, I think the one. groups that we had are probably not a huge reflection of like every other person in our cohort. Um, yes. everyone functions a bit differently, but everyone was still kind of like quirky in a way. Like they had kind of different ways they kind of talk about things or offer opinions in my group. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't feel the same. It, it's a bit yeah. different. Um, so yeah, boring week. Boring week. Uh, but what are we uh, talking about today? What's the, the topic of conversation? Um, well, we just got back to uni. So I guess maybe we could talk a little bit about uni in the past. Excellent. Um, that's exactly what we'll do. Yeah, so today's episode, <laughs> we're essentially going to talk about a little bit of our experiences, I guess, transitioning from, from high school to undergrad. Yeah. Uh, some of the, I guess, stories or highlights, lowlights, memorable experiences that we have in that period of our life. Mm. That wasn't too long ago. I think enough time has passed um, since for us to reflect on our former selves. How was that for you when you moved from... Um, do we talk about what your... Do we say what your high school oh, was? I say I went to uni high. Yeah. Um, How was it going from... Well, surely it wouldn't be too different for you given it's just across the road, Melbourne Uni from uni high. Yeah, as in the learning environment, I've already... Quite been quite acquainted with Melbourne Uni beforehand. Yeah, that whole precinct is essentially your playground. Yeah, uh, you could put it like that. But I think the transition itself was... Well, I came in with two friends. So two of my friends from uh, high school came, in, came with me into the undergraduate course. So it was still quite like an unfamiliar territory. Everywhere I looked, uh, there was mostly unfamiliar faces. And there weren't many people from my school actually um, got or chose biomed as their subject what about you um yeah i think honestly i think for me i didn't really know where i fit in and i discussed this already in the past a little bit when i was coming in from high school to university mm-hmm. a lot of my really good friends were actually going to monash med that year um so i had acquaintances or people i knew of because i think i think i amassed a pretty big group of people i knew about or i'd heard about or interacted with during my high school period um so by the time we reached um undergrad i I knew a lot of people in the course and also i went to biomed camp unlike you yeah so so you had that yeah undergraduate camps man wild wild stuff uh, you you did go to one though. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but because of that, I had more, I guess, connections already starting biomed. Uh, and I remember, I remember the first day I got into the lectures. We already had like a group chat of like forty or fifty people that built up. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what it was called anymore. Um, actually, oh no, I do, but I won't say the name of the group chat. Uh, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember the name. You were in it, but was I? At some point, you were. Okay. But it was a pretty big group chat. And then that group chat, I think it just exploded into like one of those chats that was used for the wrong reasons, like people disseminating like information that probably shouldn't be disseminated about the content of classes and stuff like that. 
Um, but initially it was only meant to be like a small group of people, but then it became pretty big. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, I think I was trying very hard to fit in. I think really? I was trying very hard to like lead the way yeah. because I was like, oh, I'm going to be in this for three years. And to tell you the truth, like I had just thought at that point, oh man, I wish I was with my friends in Monash. Yeah. Uh, which was a bit disappointing. So I was really dead set. And a lot of people like already noticed this about me when I first started that like, I really wanted to like work really hard to like get into med for three years in the future. And I think at different points, like, I, I jumped around from that. Like I didn't, I didn't every single day just wake up and be like, I need to get into med. But I think when I first started, I really, really wanted to get in. Um, so I try to pave the way, try to like get connections, try to, I try to like be friendly with people, try to make sure that I would have a good time because one thing was my year 12 careers coordinator told me a lot of Melbourne high guys, which is where I came from, who get into biomed, they fail at the end of the third year in the sense of they don't get into where they want to go to because Melbourne high guys just don't know what to do after they leave high school because they're just lost little boys. And I was like, I'm going to prove this person wrong. And I'm going <laughs> to... No, but you said most of your friends went to Monash Med. They went... Yes, but she she says... She, she basically said people who go into biomed from don't Melbourne High. doing with their lives. Essentially, people who didn't make it into med first yeah. time round, they're just like Scandal lost little puppies. Yeah. And they just can't do it because so Melbourne pretty, High guys just need to be... Need to have their hands held. Bleak way to... Well... But this was your... Yeah. Counselor for she your was so bleak. Yeah. She was basically just like... All you guys know is how to study. And once you get to uni, because no one's going to tell you how to study anymore, yeah. you're not going to be able to get in. And I was like, I am, I'm going to one, show her that she's wrong. And two, obviously do it for me as well. So that was kind of my mentality going in. That, that's an interesting segue actually to like learning styles, right? So I, I suppose the reason she said that is because the teaching style at, at high school is maybe a bit more didactic, more spoon feeding. And you, you mentioned earlier, like hand-holding, right? Yeah. You're kind of guided step-by-step step through. And at uni, it's very different to that. Well, you felt that, didn't you? I felt like that, yeah. Mm. And I guess my question following on from that was, did you feel, like, in terms of your learning technique or style, you had to make a lot of adaptations um, to adjust for that transition from high school to, to uni? Um, y- yes, it's very different. Yeah. I, I think... I noticed the difference more when I actually chatted to people who weren't studying biomed. To be honest, I think our course that we went into in Melbourne Uni is the closest you'll get to people spoon-feeding you, to be quite fair. Mm -hmm. Like science, arts, commerce, any people I interacted with in my breadth subjects or my other friends from other undergraduate courses had it so much harder, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was so tough for them because... Mm -hmm. Whilst on the one hand, you could say, oh, biomed kids, they're so smart, they get good marks, you know, everyone else is probably just out partying, et cetera, et cetera. I think part of that's true. <laughs> I think part of that's true. Yeah. No, I, I think the general stereotype is that is true. But I think... Filthy science and arts kids. <laughs> no, definitely not. I, I, I don't think I could ever do well in the arts. Like, I tried really hard and I, there were so many smart arts kids that I met yeah. throughout my career. Um, in biomed and in undergrad but I think a lot of people were trying to find their footing a lot harder in uni compared to biomed kids and it's not because it was intrinsically anyone's fault it was just our course was so much more 
here's your calendar, here's your schedule. Yeah. It just felt like high school, yeah, which makes it hard for the arts kid, the, the commerce kid and whatnot, because they have like 25 or 30 different mm-hmm. subjects they can pick from and then they have to make a choice and then commit to it when they have no clue that that's what they wanted to do. I still thought the, the learning style at uni was a lot different. Like First and foremost, there wasn't someone harping on about homework. Right? And that was kind of rarely checked. But I think for me, coming in from, from high school to uni, mm. not having someone kind of go through homework was, like in one sense, very freeing. Mm. In another sense, it meant that I didn't actually get the work done. So I didn't have that, I guess, I didn't check myself. And... I guess, yeah, I let the freedom get to my head a little bit. Mm. So I think for me, from a learning perspective, it really taught me to be, like, kind of regulate myself and like, exercise like, self-discipline and control a lot better um, and balance. Because also with uni as well, uh, one other thing I noticed is you know, there's just so much more to do with your, your free time, right? There's a lot more like, extracurriculars that you can do. There's all these clubs and societies you're meeting all these new people as well. And your timetable isn't as 9 to 3.30 like high school is, right? Did you ever feel stressed out by that? I'm someone that I just don't feel stress. Mm. Um, unless I'm you know, scaling a wall and I'm quite high up. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. But other than that, yeah, I've never been someone that's stressed over having bad grades or even failing. It, it just never phased me too much. Because I always knew that that wasn't the be all or end all, and if I did fail, I would always have another opportunity to try and succeed. So, I I asked that because I think I definitely felt at times that I was really stepping into quote unquote like my adulthood, and I during think during your undergraduate time. Yeah, and I think partly it was because of the age. Like one was okay. turning eighteen. Yeah, but number two was the big transition point of the sheltering high school to the, the you know, huge kind of, like, ocean of university, yeah. right? So I think from that regard, at times, like you said, people in university do a lot more things than mm-hmm. just studying. Yeah. But I think that's part of the act of, like, growing up and maturing. You have to kind of... I think when people get overwhelmed with so many things in life because you hear from, you know, your school's alumni or you hear from, you know, friends of yours who are a little bit older doing really great things or mm-hmm. when you hear about, oh, the world is your oyster type of quote, it makes you really want to try and seize the day and say, oh, I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll try this. But after all of it, you just kind of get quite stressed out. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I exploring the right things? And study is only one aspect of that. And I think no one going from high school to uni has that perfect balance struck immediately. Of course, it's a learning process. Exactly. Yeah. But in, in because of that, people make mistakes, people make stumbles. And that's why the first year of uni always feels so rocky, I think, for everyone mm-hmm. as they go through it. Let's uh, try to hone in it and be a bit more specific in terms of when you say people make mistakes. Do you have any personal ones that you're happy to share? That you, that you can draw from and you, know, you reflected on since that you've felt like you've learned something from? No. No? <laughs> Just the flawless journey? No, no, no. Well, I made mistakes, mistakes, but I think yeah. they were in so many different areas that it's very hard for me to pinpoint. Ah, 
okay. Are you referring to anything specifically? No, because I mean, for me, I was just thinking more like the balance thing, right? Yeah. Striking the perfect balance is very difficult. And I think in first year, I definitely made the mistake of, I guess, leaning into the freedom a bit too much, right? Um, mm. Going mm. out a lot more than I usually would, mm. which was prior to that in high school, almost not at all. Mm. And I think it really threw my, I guess you could say, work-life balance out of equilibrium. And I was just spending a lot of countless weekends, I wouldn't say wasting my time, but just engaging in activities that probably weren't the best in terms of, of furthering myself, um, my character, or, or my academics. Yeah. And I think even in second year, I think I leaned in the very opposite direction. I leaned too much into academics and yeah. I think I neglected a lot of the the social aspects of uni and I think uh, you guys still give me shit about to this day of my disappearing act in 2017 to be uh, fair that was because of a variety of reasons yeah but I think one of them was I tried to overcompensate for leaning too far into I guess the freedom in first year yeah I wanted to go back to the more kind of like regimental study Jonathan. But you, you said your marks didn't mean much to you. Like, whether you did well or bad. Yeah, I mean, the marks didn't mean much to me, but I think the sense of fulfillment and also direction was something that I really lacked in first year. Yeah. And it was something that I was trying to seek out in second year. Like, figuring out if the course that I was doing was actually something that I wanted to do. Mm. I think the only way for me to figure that out was to fully invest myself in the learning. Mm. And in doing so... I realized that I do really enjoy this. And the marks, I guess, were more of a side effect of that. Mm. Um, because I definitely, I think maybe one small part of me was doing it just to show myself that you know, my marks from first year wasn't definitive of, or wasn't an indication of my marks to come. Mm. And it was a pride thing. But I think mm. another side of it was I really wanted to like, lean into my studies and hopefully through that be able to gain some bearing in terms of what direction I want to go in in the future. To be honest, I was... I don't know if I ever told you this, but I think at the end of first year when I heard about some of your marks, yeah. and this is once again the biomed curse, I think, or people wanting to get into a postgraduate degree, or they talk about sometimes as marks. Mm. I was kind of worried about where you were heading, to yeah. be honest. But I, I think it was a combination of the marks, but the marks kind of reflected what I thought your attitude was, which was just a very like happy go lucky, nonchalant, not really sure where to go type of attitude. I think the the key difference between uh, myself and and you was medicine wasn't even on my radar. Unlike you, you know, you really wanted to do it ever since high school. So going into biomed, you knew that that was the end goal for you. It wasn't on my radar until I'll be honest, probably the final year of biomedicine. Yeah. As I was preparing for the, the medical interviews, I was like, oh, you know, medicine seems like a pretty cool job. <laughs> uh, but prior to that, it wasn't on my radar. So I didn't really have anything to drive me or motivate me to do well or to lean into my studies. Mm. Um, other than the fact, after 2016, that horrible experience of just being so directionless, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, let me lean into my studies and see if this is for me. And it was. Mm. I really enjoyed my like my major subject to this day, I think it's probably my favorite subject has been my like immunology subjects that I took in second, if not mostly third year. And through that, 
I was then able to, you know, throwing back to the previous episode, discover my passions and realize my passions when it comes to maybe not medicine per se, but definitely like the biomedical sciences um, and immunology in particular. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... I think maybe my regret then is potentially not socializing enough in first year. I think it just comes back to that balance then. Like, you being alongside me all these years, you probably would have said, oh, if we look back at my first year, I probably did socialize quote-unquote enough. But maybe what I felt like I lacked in first year was engaging more with people. Like, even though yes. I, I was present, yes, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I was always there yes. yeah. um i didn't feel like i was like elevating the mood or i didn't feel like i was like really helping to you know carry the group along for situations and wasn't that medicine dream Which is fair. it was hard yeah it I was hard I, I saw your i guess character change probably the most after you got into medicine <laughs> as a free man you're like you know you're there not only at every event but i think even the attitude and the mentality that you brought Hmm. there was a palpable change after I, I think I that, just felt like you know like a big weight was off my shoulders yeah, yeah for sure I think yeah because I think for you I like to say you're someone that stresses right yeah and definitely compared to me and I think I could see that in building up that stress building up um since first year probably peaked at around medical interview times <laughs> <laughs> and after you realized that the medical interview was done and dusted it's nothing to do but wait yeah. I think that was already a, a transition point for you in terms of being able to relax a little bit more. But then once that offer came out, then my man Sean <laughs> became was a wild animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nah, yeah. F- first year was definitely a, a journey, yeah. I think, because... I'm going to tell that story about when you lost one mark in one of those <laughs> mid-semester tests. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, but that's what I'm saying. Biomed people get so pedantic about things. Some biomed people. But I think that perpetuates throughout the years in a bad way. It's not great. Yeah. Like, I, I, th- I think it, I would have loved if I had more mentors. And I think I was lucky because I actually had more mentors than the average person because I was part of, you know, biomed society. Yeah, but and, exposure. Yeah, and a bunch of other people. People in high Yeah, I, I, I could talk to others if I needed yeah. to. And I wasn't shy to do it. Mm. Um, but there are so many, I think, people in biomed that just don't have the right guidance. So they get too warped into that's my life type yeah. of thing. Like I tutor medical interviews sometimes every now and then. And when a student walks to me from biomed and I've done two or three years, sometimes you can just tell when they've dedicated a lot of time purely to just studying. Mm. Like it reflects in terms of their attitudes about life and it reflects in terms of obviously like their experiences, like whether they've traveled more, whether they've, I don't know, whether they've worked more, whether they've been around in, like, more social situations. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I think, again, this is probably a generalisation, but do you think it would be fair to say that it's hard or maybe harder compared to, like, science and commerce and arts counterparts for biomedical students to build, like, a multifaceted, multidimensional lifestyle and it's more kind of unidirectional, focused on that dream to get into medicine? I think there's a trade-off. So, I one, I agree. Yeah. I, I think I definitely saw more of my friends in science, commerce, arts, mm-hmm. trying out more things yeah. and all the other un, uh, all the other <laughs> undergraduate courses as well. That was a fork that just dropped. Um, 
But I think the trade-off there was they, at times, to me, felt more directionless. And it wasn't, it wasn't purely from my own observation. It was partly from them telling me sometimes, I, I don't know what my future holds for me in the next two or three years. Mm. But I feel like, as a biomedical student, you almost kind of know a little bit of where you're going. It's either med, another type of one of those areas in healthcare, or what like Aaron did in our last episode, yeah. public health or some or research. Um, a lot of other people didn't know, and that's kind of come back to, you know it's led to a few more years that they've had to kind of do more studies for even beyond their three years initially to get there. A lot of them are there now and I'm really happy for them. I think everyone, the the point I was trying to make is I think everyone gets there in the end. I think everyone actually does get there in the end in some shape or fashion. I think as a biomedical student, you know what your years ahead feel like a little bit. Mm, It's Um, laid out. Yeah. But the trade off there is you get complacent and a bit comfortable and a little bit, Less, yeah, a little less explorative. Yeah, and and that was what you know. Aaron last week talked about as well. He's like, you know, I felt boxed in because one, there were so many people around me. Two, I just felt like, you know, the paths felt so laid ahead that what's even the point of deviating beyond Mm. the norm? Mm. Um, But when you have to choose your own subjects, like just by the pure nature of insights and to choose your own subjects, yeah, that already makes you think a little bit more on your feet and. Of course, if you're one of those, you know, little babies that were cradled in high school, which a lot of us are, as soon as you come out, you'll make some wrong mistakes initially when what you choose, yeah, which yeah. is why you take longer, I think, to yeah. get out the door. Yeah. But yeah, like academics aside from, you know, that transition from high school to undergrad. Yeah. How do you feel about the other aspects, like namely the social aspects of you know, going out, meeting new people, making new friends? Did you find that was a challenging thing? You said earlier you felt like there was a pressure for you to fit in. There was a pressure. Yeah. Um, and I think it was easier for me, partly I think from my high school actually. Mm. I, I don't think I can speak for majority of people because I think I came from a high school that is quite well known for being quite confident when you run out yeah. the door. And there's so many of us that end up at like Monash, Melbourne, etc. that there was always someone at uni I could find even if I was struggling to find a new mm. friend that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of like that population effect, right? Once you feel like you have a lot of support behind you, your kind of ability to do other things you want to do almost elevates on its own. So for me, I was like, oh, I have all these friends I can fall back on. Yeah there's no harm for me to be a little bit more out there for other people. Experiment a little bit. Ex- yeah, experiment. Yeah. And if they, if they like it, yay, I have a new Lead friend. Yeah, if they don't, then it's fine. I, I have some friends I can fall back on. Did you feel like you had to either downplay or maybe accentuate certain parts of your personality in order to vibe with like a new group of friends or a new cohort at all? Uh, not really. I think for me it probably came out to bite me a bit later on because I started realizing over these years that it is important to really try to connect with ways with people that you can both kind of like have a really great exchange 
Whereas at times, if I just offered a very blunt opinion in the yeah. past, I wouldn't have cared maybe because I was like, oh, look at all these friends I have behind me. It's it's chill. Yeah. So now you're more mindful when it comes to interacting with new people. Yeah, and it's not because I'm trying to shelter my opinion or anything. Yeah. Like I'll try, still try and get it out in some way or another. Yeah. But I think I mind more how it is perceived. Mm. Partly because I think medicine's probably taught me that a lot more than than anything else like that you know people come in all you know types forms you know in the world and as a result of that you have to adjust yeah. <laughs> i almost make people sound like <laughs> shapeshifters <laughs> or like aliens or something I, I think for me i definitely felt i had to be more proactive when it, when it came to interaction in high school i think i was definitely the shyer kid I, I wasn't shy per se or in the traditional sense where I would never speak up for myself. I would yeah. never say anything. And that's probably why I think I was already proactive as it was yeah. in high school. But when it came to, I guess, talking to new people, even within my like, high school cohort, mm. I never you know, ventured out of my outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. I had my small group of friends and that was pretty much it. Yeah. But moving into uni, because I only had two friends um, with me and obviously we weren't able to be together all the time, mm. I found in order to... You know, make friends, make new friends. I had to venture a little bit outside of my comfort zone. How did you do that? Put myself out there. Oh, I, it was hit and miss. A lot of like experimentation. Um, you know, sometimes I tried to lean into. You know, I've been told before that I'm quite funny. Yeah. Cue laughter. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but so I tried to lean into the comedy. Uh, yeah. Because I think that's an easy way to kind of like, offset or dispel any like awkwardness or tension. Like if you're able to laugh together. You can bond through that, find some common ground, and then go from there. Um, but then I think honesty was probably the best thing that allowed me to make friends. Just not necessarily laying it out all on the table the very first encounter, mm. but just talking about things from... And I think people can sense it. People can sense when you're talking about things with authenticity, with honesty. And I think that's something that I didn't do as proactively in high school. I tried to keep my thoughts to myself when it came to, to strangers. I would only maybe share with a very close circle of friends. Mm. But being able to kind of overcome that mental barrier that prevented me from doing so in uni, I think allowed me to connect a lot better um, and, and strike connections a lot faster um, with, with new people. It does make me think, how, how did uni groups form, like uni social groups yeah. in our space? I think our one has... Like, Sean and I have been, like, more or less in the same social circle since we first met in 2016. But that circle has definitely evolved. It's been a dynamic yeah. thing. It's, like, it's, I think there are obviously, like, bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. Um, And it's not exactly the same as it was when we first started. Or, like, some people that we weren't as close with in the past, we're more close with now. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I do wonder, like, how do certain social groups form? Like, was it just out of common interest? Like, I wouldn't say we all have common interests. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I think it's to do with like, personality types. And I feel like... It is a bit of luck as well. Like, we were, we were in the right place at the right time. And sometimes other people were in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But I think in terms of, like, roles that you play in the friendship group. Yeah. When all the roles line up. Yeah. Like, it's like a chessboard. Almost. <laughs> I'm trying to make the analogy work. <laughs> analogy like, you can't chess- have, like, three rooks right 
Yeah. You have two rooks. You have one king, one queen. Okay. Um, and then when you have a full set. Okay. Okay. Usually those friendship groups tend to last. Like imagine okay. if there was another you in the friendship group. Like I couldn't fathom it. If there was another me in our group, right? Someone that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no. Someone that's that, jokes all the time. I think I would hate that guy. I'd like, fuck. Stop raining on my. But, but I think. Whilst every person doesn't do the exact same thing, mm. there are obviously overlapping traits. Of course, yeah. And that's where you, I guess, find the commonality and, and shared experiences and bonds. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, everyone kind of like feels like a, like a, a role, right? So do we have someone, extent. is there something missing in our group? I don't know. I think at the moment, because at the moment, again, where we have, I think, maybe two or three friendship circles that where me and you are a part of. Yeah. Like, obviously, the dynamic is very different in each and every one of them. Yeah. But I think I still am of the firm belief that in each friendship circle, uh, people, you know, fill the certain roles. And, and that's why, you know, you, you connect with each and every person in that circle in a, mm. in a unique and different way mm. uh, because of the unique roles they play. So how would one, for anyone out there listening, mm. what advice would you give someone you know, let's say I'm an unknowing, you know, high school boy or girl that just came out. Yeah. Pretty scared, pretty shy of university. Yeah. How would I go about constructing this amazing this six, seven year into the future friendship group? Uh, okay. My first day stepping into university. Number one, what you've got to do is you have to create a roster of all the potential people in your course. You then want to hold auditions, right? Three stages. Oh, yeah, okay. General yeah. screening, yep. interview process, yep. okay. and then finally, a test date where you hang out. Test date, okay. Yeah. So, so you were doing all of this? More or less. <laughs> <laughs> you had no fucking clue what you were doing. <laughs> you had no clue. What, you had no clue what you yeah. were doing. No, I think, in all honesty, there's a lot of experimentation. And I think you end up... I don't know, because we didn't really give it much thought, right? And we became friends after all like we did, would you have said upon meeting me for the first time in first year that five or six years down the track we would not only still be friends but we would be closer friends i thought we'd be friends. friends i thought we would be like I, I thought if you got into med and i got into <laughs> med so it rested on that well it definitely helps when <laughs> sa- hangs out with uh medicine students <laughs> well, what i was trying to say is yeah. it definitely helps when you're in the same course of course yeah but so I, think- I was gonna say like if we were having just a neutral-ish friendship, yeah. it would have really made it more if we stayed in the same course. Yeah, but we have like very tight homies, yeah. right? That are not in medicine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know, but as in like it's because there are different threads of threads of our friendship group that bring them together. Still, I mean, no, there are friends that you hang out with yeah. in a one-on-one setting. I'm saying, even, yeah, that aren't in medicine, right? Yes, you drive a lot of joy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but my point is. For our friendship particularly, I think if we rest started... On no, it didn't rest on medicine. But if, if we started moving on different paths, I think our friendship wouldn't be, have been the same. Oh, of course. It would be yeah, different. Because yeah, yeah. of the shared experience. Yeah, like, it you would, and I lived together last yeah, year. Yeah, it, would be, it would be different. Yeah, yeah. It would, it be, would different. be different. for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. There. We might not even be starting a podcast right now, I guess. I would actually I would agree to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%, um, right? Um, you know, so, life works out in wonderful and mysterious ways. So that's my point. Like, we are. Yes, it's a lot of experimenting. And you said it's just trial and error. Luck, I think, plays a big part. Yeah. But I do agree with you. It, it requires certain pieces. It requires someone who... I think I initially probably played the role of 
banding some of us a l- so. little bit more yeah. together. I, I, I've always saw you as like a... I think you and uh, our other friend yeah. whose first name begins with T. Yeah. Um, I guess with the... I think centerpieces in terms of you knew the most people. I think the two of you were the most outgoing. Yeah. So you would host those big group events where that... Well, I would, I would gather the people yeah. and then he would kind of try to facilitate the whole thing. Yeah. And then that's when the experimentation, experimentation yeah. occurred. Yeah. Right? And when people were like chopping it up and you see who you vibe with and then you emerge with, you know, a friend. A yeah. But there's something like it does require certain pieces. Like it requires mm. some extroverted type people, That'll some introverted role. type people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I, bring the I, I get the, the chess. People. I get the chessboard. I get <laughs> your chessboard. Board. I was... So to speak, the I won't name the piece. Anyway, All right. <laughs> no nothing. That was the porn. <laughs> the porn. I would agree. <laughs> you, <laughs> you. Um, no, nah, I actually wasn't going to say the porn, but I was trying to be humble. Yeah, you were going to go for the queen. <laughs> yeah, I was the queen, obviously the queen. Everyone sit on the throne. Um, yes. Yeah, so what were we talking about? Just the making friends, going yeah. out, socializing. Yeah. yeah. Like, reflecting on that. It's hard. Any, it's it's hard. very, very hard. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's it's quite lucky mm. because I think social interaction-wise, things could go wrong, like, at any moment. At any time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ticking time bomb, yeah. some of those things. Legitimately. We could have a falling out right after this podcast. Yeah, really, we could. Yeah. I don't think we're filming our episode after this. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, but, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of experimentation. Going back to your question. I remember in first year, I really just, like, stuck out my tendrils everywhere. Trying to befriend <laughs> almost everyone and everyone that I saw. I, that and image is the wrong image in my head. You're thinking of hentai, aren't you? No. You. <laughs> Please stop. But, no, I, I, I really tried to expand my, I guess, like, socialising capacity. And in doing so, I think I just talked to, almost, I tried talking to everyone and anyone mm. that I met. And, you know, how many of those people am I still friends with this day? Not very many. Right? Mm. But I think it, that's what it took for me, I guess, to find you guys and to find, you know, it, it was only through comparing and contrasting how much more fun I had with you guys compared to some of the other people I was hanging out with. Wow, that's... Uh, <laughs> so um, it is the test. Yeah, yeah. And then I realised that, you know, this is these are my people. You know, I click with these guys, I vibe, I feel like I'm most myself when I'm hanging out in this group and, you know, I, I feel good. So I'm going to come back. What, um... What did you think about, you know, generally in terms of the social aspect of first year? Yeah. You know, any any highs, any lows? Are we talking uh, like wild stories? Yeah, like just, you know. I think everyone walks out of first year with some experiences. Some experience, yeah. I mean, there are some maybe I'll save for, for another day. Yeah. Just keep the, uh, the audience on their toes a little bit. But yeah. I think I want to talk about that story. You know what story I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you go for it. Um... <laughs> Where and this is when you and I first met, I think we well, yeah, were friends for maybe a month or two at that point. Yeah, and we had assembled, I guess, a small group of, yeah. of friends, right? Yeah. All guys. Yeah. Right. And you know, and what you do when you're a group of guys? Well, <laughs> what you do when you're a group of first year guys yeah. who don't know much about the world yes. and think they own everything. No, I didn't think I'd own everything. Can you speak for yourself? Well, I wasn't saying that either. <laughs> I'm just saying that felt like the, the vibe of the I, group, which was... I don't think, uh, yeah, that, that just makes it sound entitled. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. I didn't mean entitled. I meant like, you know, they thought they, they could just, you know, hang out, muck around and just be chill with everything. Um, you know, they just 
go and drink, go to the club. Go to the club, yeah. Well, we go were going to go to the club that night, yeah, yeah. but we were just going to go there to, yeah. you know. What Sean is very eloquently trying to say is we were trying to meet some girls. I was not trying to say that at all. <laughs> I was trying to say I was going to have fun so, with the boys. I'm speaking, uh, You're speaking for on yourself. My own, on my own behalf. Um, but yeah, I just remember that. That was probably the first time in our friendship that we had a drink together. I think that was the goal of the night. Goal of the night, right. Which was to... Actually, mind you, the end of the story is we didn't make it to the club. Yes. But I, I think the goal for myself that night yes. was just to connect with you guys more. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I think drinking is obviously a means to an end mm. for that. Especially, especially in first year. Yeah. I think it's yeah. like, no one knows each other. Yeah. You just became adults, like in terms of yeah. being 18, whatever. And it's that one thing that everyone can be on board and yeah. take part in. Well, not everyone. Not everyone. You know, yeah. it's okay to say no. Thank you. No, legit. Yeah, yeah I, I 100% agree. Yeah, anyway. Um, just wanted to put that out there. Yes. Thank you for doing the damage control this episode, Sean. Continue, please. Yeah. Um, but no, I just remember that was just a very... It just a very memorable experience because that was the first time, as I said, the like five or six of us guys were heading out together. Yeah. And it was also... A, a night where we were potentially going to meet up with um, a group of, stop. <laughs> of girls. <laughs> just stop. I'm just, I'm just being 100. You know, I'm just being very honest. A few of us um, were actually in relationships already at the time. Yes. So yes, really, it was yes. more just a, you know, yeah. but the, a way uh, for you and yeah, no, other but, people. Yes. But the, uh, that's not the, the point of the story is, yeah, yeah. and why it's a funny story is, uh, you know, we were a group of guys and one of us actually befriended a girl in, in our course and she had um, a lot of friends right? who I think a lot of us thought were uh, quite attractive. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> Alright. Was that so shocking? <laughs> Continue. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we heard that they were going to be at the party yeah. um, and I think the plan was us for us uh, to meet at the party, right? Yeah. So we had our own separate, I guess, like pre-party gathering. Um, but the plan Which is a common thing. It's a common thing. And, and the plan yeah, was please. for us to all meet at the venue. Yeah. Right? Uh, so naturally, you know, being a group of guys, first year, you want to play it cool. Right? You want to you know, hold your cards closer to your chest. <laughs> right? Not give too much away. Yeah, the, the vibe, you yes. know. Yeah, Set yeah. up the, you know, the mysterious... The mysterious. Or the, you know, we're pretty nonchalant about this exactly. meetup. We're pretty chill, right? But what did one of our friends do? Well, I was pretty sure anyway. I don't know. You, you were in a relationship at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, continue. But what did one of our friends do? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Uni's hard. Yeah. One social interaction yeah. could kill it. Yeah. So what our friend decided to do, um, and he shall remain unnamed, is on the very night of the party, he decided to approach the female friend. At uni. At uni. Before right? we went to pre's. After a lecture. He decided to approach her, so she was the friend that was bringing all of her girlfriends to the club or that party that we were attending. And yeah. the plan was for us to all meet and get to know each other there, right? What this guy decided to do was just to be sure that her friends were coming. He approached her after the, the lecture, and mind you, they're not friends. Yeah, right? yeah. So the guy that approached, well, they know each other. They know of each other. Yeah, right? but they are. I guess, I think at best at that stage, acquaintances. Yeah, right? correct. Begrudging acquaintances. Yeah, correct. And he decided to just ask this girl 
whether all of her female friends would be attending the party. And he didn't just ask in a very, you know, carefree... I think asking itself is already a mistake. But he then decided to name drop each and every one of her friends. First and last name. And the amount of, I guess, awkwardness and discomfort that that created was crazy. I, I think the reason why, just to add a bit more to this, the reason why it definitely is a bit of a strange phenomenon in that situation is because, one, like you said, they're not really good friends. Yes. Um, two... Why does this guy know that, you know, X amount of girls from her friendship group are coming? First and last name. Yeah, uh, yeah and then three. Like, how do, does she, this guy even know the names of these people so kind of, like, intimately almost that he remembers it off the top of his well, head? Well, to be completely honest with you, I knew those names too. Well, I know. Yeah. But I was smart enough to not let her know to the, the friends yeah, and and we are very good friends now. Yeah. Um. So thank you for putting up with with me in the past. You know who you are. Um. To hold those cards close to my chest and not divulge that I am a massive stalker. On F- funny note on that yeah. though, you've definitely met people in your life where they come up to you for the first time like, "Hey, I'm yes. blah blah blah," yes. and you're like, "Oh, yes." Almost looks so like. You know, never heard of you type yeah. thing, and, and then that's what you want to do. yeah, and I, I've definitely done that many, many times and because me too, me too. you know you, you stumble across names I think as like secondary connections on social media yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time, yeah. especially you know Australia include like mainly Victoria, Melbourne, very very connected I think Asian community, yeah, and when you know a lot of people you end up hanging out with are you know people that are you know of Asian background, then it just ends up being you've probably heard this name somewhere. Yeah. Um, or you know a little bit about what they're studying or where they are. And... You might have been a little bit inquisitive. Yeah, you yeah. You might have done a Facebook search. Yeah. You might have clicked on their profile okay. photo. Okay, well, <laughs> that's, that's not where I was trying to get at. But I, I was just trying to say, I, I, I probably heard about someone's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm glad you've done the Facebook search. Well, yeah, I'm uh, not ashamed to admit it. Okay. I am a stalker. On Facebook only. <laughs> And again, damage control for me, Sean. Uh, yes. We do not condone stalking on this podcast. I definitely think what Jonathan is trying to say here is he is just trying to get to know someone um, enough so that when, when they first meet, it's not extremely awkward. Thank you for putting it that way. It's not stalking. <laughs> it's just Facebook observation. Facebook observation. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We observe. We don't stalk on this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the, he was awkward about it. Yes, but, but not me, but the friend. Yeah, and I think it added to it added to the whole thing because he, in general, is sometimes an awkward person. <laughs> so it just builds the vibe of it. If you get what yes, I mean. Yes, he was really leading into the awkwardness. Yeah, it, it added to the vibe. Yes. So I appreciate the fact that he really tried to lead in. <laughs> you know, just really put all Except his eggs in. Yeah, really put his eggs yeah. into one basket. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it came across as you know as Sometimes people our age would say, I don't think it came across as cute <laughs> in, the, in that circumstance. Another C word I'm thinking of. Rhymes with sleepy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, did you have any like wild or funny stories? I mean, you did say er- earlier that you went to the biomed camp. How was that experience for you? <laughs> so tame. Really? Yeah. Um, so camp in general is definitely one of those periods, I think, where everyone gets quite wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sense of just got a high school, that's probably the first time where you'll be having 
quite a decent portion of alcohol. <laughs> yep. Which I'm sure you know of as well, because you also went to a camp that year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when people are inebriated, I think unless the committee who's running the camp does a decent job at controlling everything, you know, things can get out of hand. And unfortunately, like I have heard stories where people just are a little off the ropes. They physically injure themselves or like other things happen, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, our camp was decently tame, I think. For, for considering all of those circumstances, like we had, we had alcohol. Yeah. Um. There were definitely like a bunch of rowdier people, yeah. but even that was, I think, pretty well controlled. Like nothing that was against the rules was broken. Okay. Um. In general, yeah. and I think for a majority of us who were going that knew each other, mm-hmm. um, there was probably a group of like fifteen or twenty of us that really didn't overly engage in like. Well, you knew each other prior to going to. The- no, so I knew about like five or six people okay. going to camp. And then afterwards, we kind of amassed each of our own groups of people a little bit at camp. Oh, you're so and then we all just became like one big ass group of like 20 mm, people. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of us were Asian. Um, and I think, mm. I think there definitely is a little bit of a culture where Asians are a little bit more scared of like, you know, engaging in a huge amount of drinking early as soon as they get out of high school. That sheltered life. Yeah, a little bit yeah. more sheltered. Um, so I think all we did was really, like, yeah. play, like, card games and stuff, honestly, which is a very tame camp. Like, it's, it was a very strange experience for me. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, the Asians being part of the sheltered <laughs> lifestyle because the camp I experienced... Was a full Asian camp. Full Asian camp, but completely wild. But, uh, but I think it's different when it's all Asians. When it's all Asians, I think people are a little they the yeah they're well no but they're, they're a little less afraid I think to to explore. Um, I don't know. It, it's not even about like they feel like they're in a culturally safe environment. You think? Yeah, but it's not even. It's, it's I I don't think it's anything about racism. It's just mm. something intrinsically. You know, when there's a bunch of different cultures mixed together, and everyone's a little bit like alcohol, mm. like inebriated, tipsy. Sometimes you just feel a little bit more awkward. Okay. Um, but I think when all the Asians are the same thing, you know, you feel like almost, oh, I should be able to fit in okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you had a wild camp from what I remember you telling me. It was very wild. I'm pretty sure I told you most of the story. Yeah. The first day that we pulled up, there was just a talk about using condoms. And I, I think that's an important talk. It's an important talk. Because um, I ran, like, you know, over the next two years after that, being part yeah. of Biomedicine Society, we ran multiple camps. And that was part of your introductory kind of talk? That was you? the talk that myself and, like, the co-president, we would do, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the camp, when you guys pulled up yeah. the bus. Yeah, and I, and I think it is really important to have some type of, like, adult-looking figure mm. to say, these are the rules. Which is why I'm saying, yes, there were people at my camp that I know engaged in that type of activity, yeah. but it was consenting and it was, you know, protected and mm. all of that, and, which is why I say no one break the rules. Yeah. And then I think the very first activity that we played was to create a very, like the longest possible uh, length of fabric using clothes. Yeah. And it was strongly encouraged for like, guys and girls to just take as much as many items of clothing off as possible. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I particularly disliked about camps. I think sometimes camps put people in a position where they're kind of like on the fence of whether it's okay yes. or not. In terms of morally, yeah. it's very... It's or whether or not it's like people. embarrassing yeah. or like not embarrassing for them. Yeah. And 
they're like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll just lean to the side of less resistance. Yes, and I think there's a lot of peer pressure involved. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, they decide to go with it rather than against which, it. Which is exactly what camp shouldn't be. Exactly. And I, I think it matters less for your camp, and I'll tell everyone why it matters less for your camp, because your camp was made of a group of people who were not always studying the same course. Mine was a biomed camp. Yeah. It was a camp, I guess, for people that you'll see potentially for the next two or three years. Yes. You can yeah. move away from your crowd, that Asian group yeah. camp that you went to, if you yeah. wanted to, which is why I think they continue to do it, and we saying, had more pressure to change over the years. So are you saying that the, I guess, decisions that you make wouldn't come back to haunt you? Oh, no, no. I, I meant about changing the dynamic of camp. From an administration standpoint, mm-hmm. when I got to third year and I actually yeah. was running and building the camp, mm-hmm. there were a lot more guidelines and feedback over the years about people not feeling happy at the camp. Okay. And okay. I think potentially that feedback is not always given to camps where you feel like you can just walk away from the experience and not talk about it again. Okay. All right. The like cohort itself isn't as like... They're, they're just not tight-knit. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not a cohort that you feel like you have to associate with if you need to. Yeah. And as a result, you know, you just kind of forget it at the back of your mind and you're just like, oh, whatever. That was, quote unquote, my first year experience, right? But was your camp, was that the first time that you ever got drunk and, or had alcohol? No, nah, it wasn't the first time I had alcohol. But oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like, you know, sometimes after formals, I think, in year 12. Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. You know, you'd have a few uh, drinks. coming back to me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, but I think... Yeah, that was the first time that I had a decent amount of drink. Yeah. And I, it was tame. But it, it there were still complaints, funnily enough. There were a lot of complaints mm. in my yeah. year. I remember like after that very first activity that I was mentioning earlier yeah. about like, contracting the line of clothes, yeah. one of the girls just broke down. She just started crying profusely because she, I think genuinely didn't know that the camp was going to be because i think going into that camp they sell it well they market it very well don't they the the camp is for anyone listening it's called uh, the australasian association camp or aa for short Uh, not to be confused with alcohols anonymous oh you really are taking a stab at them here well uh, i say how it is Uh, (laughs) and, and i think for her she wasn't expecting that amount or like that degree i guess of wilderness going in even though the, the people pre one because one of my mates as well he told me he was in the year level above well, as in like she was upset that of the living conditions no i think she was upset at the fact that this camp was so crazy oh okay i was confused what you meant about wilderness yeah because she was in my group right and our group actually lost okay and our punishment was we weren't actually giving back our clothes uh, it is quite embarrassing of the afternoon so i was chilling in my underpants yeah i think for me at the time i also didn't feel shame at all so i think that's uh, what allowed me to i guess not be too upset by the experience maybe the alcohol helped a bit well yeah i was i was sober at the time oh okay. <laughs> funnily enough but, oh okay oh um, you really don't feel shame yeah but i think for like for for girls um in particular right and fair who, enough just out of high school as well to be told that you can't have your clothes back to be having lunch that's very disempowering yeah in nothing but your underwear yeah it's yeah a very disempowering kind of disrespectful experience right and this is mind you the first experience that you get on this two or three day camp right i think she was just very distraught by it she was crying and i think even then did they get did she get her clothes back no and that's the crazy part right 
That's what I'm saying. Like they don't yeah. care. Yes, and I think a lot right. of them just you know suck it up. Don't be a bitch. You know, just trying to have fun. Yeah, I think that's the saying a phrase like that to a girl is even worse. That's the right? agenda that they push, right? Yeah. And I think going back to you know the moral gray zone, as you said before, people would always try to find the pathway of less resistance. You know, the pathway where they're not being perceived as you know a chicken or a bitch, and instead of actually you know, thinking, is this something that I really want to do? Is this an activity that I want to partake in? They're just like, oh, fuck it. You know, I don't want to be called out for being a wimp. Let me just do it. That's why uni's so tricky. Like, I think, obviously, you weigh up the benefit. The benefit is I'm going to meet a lot more people in my course, hopefully get close to them very, very quickly in a small span of time. Yeah. Um, but the con of that is maybe I'm not the type of person that would do something like this normally. Yeah. You know, how much will I change out of this camp? You know, will I have a bad experience out of it? Mm. And I definitely don't like want to put this out there as, you know, don't ever go to these camps. They're bad. Yeah. Um, I think they're actually very, very good. And over the years, myself running some of them, mm. we've definitely tried to create good camps. Yeah. And I think majority of societies do create very, very good camps. Yeah. But I think just like a little bit of common sense and a little bit of like proper human decency would be really good to apply back in 2016. Yeah. And, so much as like I think things do change over the years. Okay. Like, who knows what that camp looks like now if we went back to it again? I I think it is still rowdy, but it's probably yeah. not as rowdy. I was just quite shocked. Um, yeah. But there is a difference between rowdy, right, yeah. and the fence line that transitions then to just being kind of like inhumane. You can be rowdy but ethical. Y- yeah, you can you can be rowdy but like respecting of people. Like yeah. when when they're about to hit their limit. Yeah. You don't let them get past or that. Already surpassed their limit. Yeah, or you don't let them do stupid that, things, that, right? Yeah. Like, and one of our, like, I remember at one of the camps that I heard about, um, someone got lost in, like, the bush, and then people didn't go find them for, like, ages. Go. Yeah, because, like, no one knew about it, or, like, you know, one where people just, like, randomly, like, jumped into a lake fully naked, and, um, you know, they were, like, on some substances that weren't regulated well. Yeah. Like, it's... When, when it's a, so far away, like two hours out of town and stuff yeah. like that, you know, you hate to imagine what would happen in those situations. Mm. You just need a bit of better regulation. And I think that's what makes or breaks a good uni experience because I think some people walk out of the camp really, really feeling like they can yeah. take uni yeah. full on. And then other people walk out of it and they feel even more sheltered afterwards. Like they feel like they want to be even in more of a bubble. I got very confused. Yeah. Yeah, after, after that experience. Well, luckily nowadays you can just joke about it a bit. But it could have turned out quite differently for yeah, you. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the times that I felt most outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. And it wasn't even in the good way where you feel... That's what I'm saying. You zone. can do it in a good way. You yeah. can challenge people and make yeah. them feel like, oh, I can socialize a little bit more. I can do a little bit more of this. It was more like, oh, I'm out of my comfort zone, but for what? Like, well, let me just enter my comfort zone again because this, this, this ain't worth it. It was more like that. Camps, dude. Yeah. Good. Yeah, definitely. I think do your research before you go to a camp. Yeah, and again, as Sean mentioned earlier, that's not to say the past experience does not necessarily uh, predict or inform. Exactly, twenty sixteen AA camp is not a reflection of twenty twenty one AA camp. Just been an isolated incident. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although I would still advise any of our young listeners out there. I mean, camp is probably not even going to run this year. Um, Actually, MedCamp ran this year. Oh, really? Yeah, but apparently it was, it was, a day it was throughout the city or something. It was yeah, like an like really Easter egg hunt type yeah. of thing. 
but it's more like a social event. Yeah, but it was over a couple of days. Yeah, um, I would definitely like ear on the side of caution when it comes to especially these camps that have a kind of reputation of being rowdy. To I guess at least at the very least, if you do consider going on these camps, to have a strong support network of at least maybe two or three friends before embarking. I think most people do go with their friends. Yeah. Most of them do. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, uh, what I will extend and what I will say is if you just message the committee of that camp or you yeah. just chatted to some people that you know affiliated with that group about what camp really is like and have, mm-hmm. you know, ask the right questions, um, you, you'll be able to vibe out whether or not it will suit you. But definitely don't feel like camp is a place where you're just going to have a bad time. I think majority of the time... I think everyone actually does have a very good time, yeah. but you know, I, I think we always end up, you know, dwelling on like some of the negative points in life. Yeah. Um, you know, those things do stand out um, like a sore thumb, and they need to be rectified. To be honest. Well, all right. Uh, did we just hit an hour almost? Oh, really? And yeah, we covered quite a few topics today. Um, yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. We recently uh, launched our Instagram page. Oh yes. Uh, did you want to plug that? Yes, it's uh, same as our title, PSA yeah. with Sean and Jono. Um, the, the actual handle, I think, is, is at PSA Podcast. Yeah, 0717. That's right, yeah. Um, and for anyone, maybe you guys can have a guess at what the 0717 means. Uh, yes. We won't We won't tell you now. We, we'll reveal it maybe another time. But please, please, please follow us on social media. I beg you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jono was going to make a joke today that we're on a little bit of a low because, you know, um, our we're not spiking as high initially from our first day viewerships for our podcasts. Influencer uh, life isn't easy. Yeah, yeah. Jono always likes to have a bit of a stab at influencers, but I think now he's getting a feel of what it feels like to uh, be in the industry. <laughs> it's not an easy task. Uh, no, I don't think we really care, to be honest, too much. But, you know, obviously the more support you can give us, the more support you give, definitely we will take that very, yeah. you know, very kindly, and you know, uh, feel you know pleased to know that at least you know people do like our content, and you know if you ever want to reach out and let us know whether you like it or not, please yeah. do. And yeah, like follow us if you enjoy the content that you listen to, um, and of course we're always looking for opportunities to improve. So you know, if any of y'all had any recommendations, uh, feel free to send them through the Google Forms. You can also, I think, directly send us a voice message through the Anchor.fm app, yeah. um, either through the webpage or the app downloaded on your phone. Or feel free to Insta us from now on oh, yeah. if you don't mind showing us your identity. Yeah, um, you can DM us. And of course, we always respect uh, people's identities. Um, and if you do have a question that you wanted us to talk about on the podcast, we would always... Um, our default is anonymous. Back but, to your tutoring. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just um, your mom. Else. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, on that note. Um, yes, yeah. we will finish up for the day. Uh, hopefully, we will chat again very, very soon. And you know, stay tuned for our next podcast following Friday. Peace out, everyone. Bye.